Welcome to Lessons in Leadership. I'm Steve Adubato, but the reason you watch is the young lady you see on camera right there, the executive producer and co-anchor of Lessons in Leadership, Mary Gamba. How you doing, my friend? Look, what are you wearing today? <laughs> I, I always wonder if we can get through a show without you commenting on my attire, but I guess that's a no. We need to start coordinating, so this way we can match your tie with my top. It'll be a It'll be a win-win. We, I think we do. We coordinate very well today, and I hope our guests coming up will coordinate as well. But doing really good. How are you? I'm doing great. By the way, check this out. You know how it's official? Listen, this would have been great if it was 10 years ago when newspapers were more important. But I'm so old school, which is a way of saying you're old. This is how <laughs> I know we're legit. We've made front, it. <laughs> front page of the what used to be called the Star Ledger, still called the Star mm -hmm. Ledger. There it is. There's Mary Gamba. Mm -hmm. And then... That's my college picture down there, airbrush. <laughs> well, you, you want to know how long it's been since I've gone and purchased a newspaper? I go up to the register with 75 cents, and the guy's like, that'll be $3. And I said, what? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't physically go and buy a newspaper. And then I was hoping, like, I was like, do you see? That's me on the front. Like, I was making eye contact, but of course I had a mask on. He had no idea it was me. I didn't feel special, I have to tell the truth. Well, I get mine delivered, and as long as there's going to be newspapers. It's like Fred, Fred Princeton, I can get that out. <laughs> that means like, you know, really old school. Hey, Mary, before we introduce our good friend, Bernie Corrigan from the IBEW Local 102, talking about leadership and a whole range of things, tell everyone who pays for this show and how, where you can see it. Definitely. We've got a lot of great friends who just make this possible. We've got Prager Metis, Valley Bank, NJ Sharing Network, which is one of our newest funders, International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825. Thank you, Seton Greg. Hall, yep, and Seton Hall University and the Bassino Leadership Institute. So those are our great partners. We're very excited. Mary, and hold on. Can... Who will be joining the Bucino Leadership Institute in the spring semester at Seton Hall University as a distinguished professor of leadership? I'm yes, just asking. Absolutely. You yeah, you, you are leading a master class. Uh, the master, Steve Adubato, PhD, will be leading that class this spring. So we're really excited about that, working with Brian Price and his team, and we're really excited about that. All right, enough plugging. Uh, by the way, we can see us on News 12 Plus and a bunch of other uh, digital platforms. That is correct. And you can also find a lot of great free resources, and I did say free, at stand-deliver.com. We have articles up there on every possible title. It'll be right there on the bottom of the screen. Uh, and we have a lot of great articles up there, past videos, and you can also follow us um, at Steve Adubato, PhD, on Facebook and Steve Adubato uh, on Twitter. So this show for a half hour, just nothing but talk about branding and where you yep. can find Yeah, let me just me. go back. I'm going to replug our funders. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Bernie's shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, Bernie's like, hey, listen, what did I get into here? Uh, take a look at our good friend, Bernie Corrigan, who is the uh, president of the IBEW Local 102. Bernie, first of all, great to see you. Second of all, for those who don't know what IBEW stands for, tell them. It's the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. And thanks for having me, Steve. Mary, it's great to be here. And congratulations. I'm going to call you professor the rest of the show. <laughs> you are not. I am. I'm an RU guy, but seeing Hall is okay. Oh, then no. call me Marianne. Bernie. It'll be the professor and Marianne. I used to love Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Mary, you're too young for that. But hey, you ready for this? Bernie just said, hey, Bernie, I'm a Rutgers. I have my doctorate from Rutgers. Here we go. It did just come okay. in the mail. I was there for 10 years getting it. It took forever. <laughs> um, hey, Bernie, do this. I usually kick off the show, but I'm getting, we're getting more and more comments, particularly from Mary's dad, who watches all the time, who will be joining us on A Lessons in Leadership. Give my daughter more airtime. So, Mary, why don't you kick off the show? 
I would love to kick off the show. So Bernie, thanks so much for joining us today. I know one of the things that we've talked a lot about offline in our conversations is the IBEW. You have a really strong relationship with Rowan University. Can you talk about that, the leadership connection and what you're doing um, with Rowan? We'd love to hear about that. Absolutely. Uh, Rowan's a great partner. Uh, we recently partnered with them back in 2017 to provide a BA in construction management for our members. And the reason that's so unique is really not so much the online program. There are a lot of other institutions that do that. It's the ease of accessibility that we're providing, that we're trying to build a foundation where people become more agile. So them being fully online, IBEW Local 102 doing tuition reimbursement at 75%. We're basically trying to take down those uh, barriers because education is a great opportunity. That's what it equals and it's opportunity for everyone. What, what kind of... Uh like classes do they take? I'm just curious, being electrical workers, what type of, what is their typical class course load like? Are they business classes, leadership classes? What is it like? Uh, it's a combination. Uh, first, they do give our apprenticeship program, which is approved through the American Council on Education, 53 credits. And then some students may have some prior college, so they evaluate them also. But then uh, the construction management classes have a lot to do with uh, some technology, some CAD, some BIM. Then they couple it with leadership, business management, uh, how to run the back office, basically. So we like to take our guys and, again, make them more agile. The construction industry is very cyclical. So if we provide an opportunity for them to go somewhere else, and God forbid they got hurt in our profession. Sometimes they need to be able to segue into the office. Can I jump in, Mary? I was just going to say, Steve, why don't you jump in? <laughs> I, by this the is way, good. I like I met, this. I, I see the I way met, this is going. 20 years ago, and I met Mary, <clears throat> let's just say she's gotten more assertive, more charismatic, more, hey, listen, I'm talking every year, and it's gotten better. Hey, Bernie, let me ask you this, uh, and I want to let everyone know that we have a leadership academy that's kicking off. We're taking on the 16th of, are we taking on the 16th, 18th? Uh, no, I think today is the 18th, actually. The 18th February. of February, I'm sorry, it'll be seen later. We've been holding off on kicking off a leadership academy at the IBW Local 102, mostly because of me. I, it's all a question of whether we're gonna be in person or remote, but we're taping right now. Let me ask you this. There's a question about not just the Leadership Academy, but one of the things I picked up about you, Bernie, is you are big on education and lifelong learning. Where'd that come from? Uh, it really came from the fact that I missed my opportunity early on. You know, My parents sent me to college like most traditional people do, and I didn't finish it. So when I got into Local 102, uh, my partner here, Pat Delacava, uh, when we teamed up to uh, take over the organization back in 2011, a lot of it was about building the foundation of education. Uh, we deliver a product and it's electricians, but you can't just stop there. It's, it's a lifelong journey. I feel like by me, no one should ever get trapped in an office, Steve, and just think that everything just comes from that corner office. By going to Rutgers, when I went from my master's down there, very diverse program. And by diversity, Certainly, I mean there, but I also mean different ideas from the HR perspective of the school, maybe from the labor perspective of the school. So you have faculty in the School of Management and Labor Relations that kind of come from both angles, the human resource side and the labor side. And it's great to get that feedback so you can evaluate yourself, evaluate your organization and move from there. You know, interesting follow up on this. Uh, the Leadership Academy will be in person at the appropriate time. But there's also a remote factor, meaning 
there are different schools of thought on this. And let's just agree that teaching, education, training, it's always better in person. Bernie, we agree? Agree. However, when it has to be remote, what is your view of the most effective way of doing that? Whether it's, it's not just education and training, it's running a meeting, it's making a presentation. How much of an adjustment has that been for you? And I know people say, I want to get back to normal, but the reality is everyone that I know says at some, in some way, this remote communication will be a part of our life, hopefully not exclusively our life. Go ahead, Bernie. I think it's all about getting feedback. Again, when we, uh, in our training center side, I'll focus down there, we closed down for two weeks. Within two weeks, we were up and running online, you know, when COVID first hit, you know, so we just basically, you know, we had sent everybody home. Within two weeks, we were back online. Every single day, we had a meeting with the instructors. We looped in some students into that, and it was to receive constant feedback so we knew what was working, what wasn't working. Uh, how can we make things better? Um, we've got a long way to go with the online platform, especially with the electrical field. It's a hands-on trade, so it's very difficult, but uh, you know, we're making great strides, but I think it is all about feedback. Last question on my end. Now, number one leadership lesson you've learned in the past year, let's say a year plus when this is seen that COVID has been a part of our life as a leader, the number one leadership lesson you have learned for any quarter is? I think it's all about listening. So, you know, I've always said, you know, enter every conversation, no matter who it's with, expecting to learn something. So, uh, you know, you may think you're doing the right thing. Our industry, our men went back to work. Uh, some of them didn't like that decision. You know, some of them, uh, you know, had issues at home, had a elderly person at home, did not want to be there. So again, it's, it's just about being able to listen and uh, adjust and move on the fly. You gotta be more agile and all of that circles back to education. It really does. Yeah, last question, Mary, go ahead. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this and you talk about agile and obviously most, if not all, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, of your team are essential workers that are going out, electricity has to keep going. How do you make sure that you stay connected with your team who is obviously very afraid? Of course, listening is a part of that, but also how do you let them know that you do care about them, their families, but they also have to get the job done. So how do you support them in that fashion? Yeah, it is very difficult because we have close to 3000 members who work all throughout Northern New Jersey. We do have our core team here who does come in all the time because we felt that set a good example. If our members are going to work in the field, we should be here in the office. Now we do take, safety steps here. We fog the building, we stay distance apart, we have our own little, but the team out in the field, uh, we try to uh, send out uh, newsletters to them. We try to communicate through e-blast. Uh, we didn't, you know, our international office allowed us to not do meetings during this time if we didn't have to. We said, no, myself, our business manager, we needed to communicate with the team in the field so that they knew where we stood, right or wrong, we had to be transparent with them and move forward together as a family. That's great advice. Staying connected, staying connected, listening, engaging, not easy. And this is, many people have said this and we'll keep talking about it on, on lessons in leadership. This period of time, say from March, 2020, year, year plus beyond, the most challenging time to be a leader. 9-11 speaks for itself. Those who did what they did then and continued for many years after wartime, presidents, people in the military, nothing easy. But this is an enduring challenge for all of us. So to Bernie, by the way, let's acknowledge that the IBEW 
Local 102, is a big supporter of our work on public broadcasting. So thank you to you, Bernie. Also check out Pat, Pat's, uh, people can check out Pat's interview with us, Pat Delcava with our, on our website, right, Mary? Yep, on our website. And it's also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Hey, Bernie, thank you, buddy. Any last words? Nope, I uh, just look forward to more training with you, Steve. Appreciate the relationship we had uh, and have, I'm saying that. And uh, I thought I it was over. I thought Bernie... <laughs> Surprise. I thought Bernie yeah. was firing us on the air. Yeah. <laughs> it's now, all good. Truly look forward to it, Steve. When you came to our meeting and gave that awesome night, our membership's looking forward to taking it to the next level. So we look forward to this leadership uh, training and thank you both. You got it. All right, let's, that's Bernie Corrigan. President, IBEW, Local 102. All the best, Bernie, to you and the family down there. We'll be right back on Lessons in Leadership right after this. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Welcome back to Lessons in Leadership. Steve Adubato, Mary Gamba. Let me uh, officially introduce Martin S. We're going with Marty uh, Everhart, who is Chief Human Resources Officer at RWJ Barnabas Health. Good to see you, Marty. Hey, good morning, Steve. Nice to see you again. It's been a while. It sure has. Um, Marty is an HR professional. He's not obsessed, but in a healthy way, with leadership development. We've, been, we've known each other for a long time. He's got a huge HR and leadership development job. Let me ask you this, Marty. We're taping. It's been about a year into the pandemic. We'll be seen after that. How has the HR, dare I say, function? changed in the last year and how will it change moving, moving forward? And I know that's a loaded question. Yeah, that, that is quite a loaded question, Steve. Um, so let me start with a description of 2020 uh, in my career. And as you can see, uh, I've been in this career for a while. The, uh, you know, the statement that I use is 2020 was um, a career in a year. And, and really there were so many learnings um, and so many uh, 90 degree turns that we needed to make so quickly um, that between the learnings and the turns and then the returning, um, it really became um, just, you're using your experiences the best you can in such a novel situation uh, and trying uh, to keep up with all of the twists and turns that just kept adding up. So let me give you an example. Um, you know, we deliver patient care. That's why we're in this business, right? Um, we also have an infrastructure um, around being able to deliver patient care. And that is making sure that our staff who deliver the care have what they need to take care of patients. And that's a pretty big infrastructure to maintain right. based on the size of our system. Let remind everybody how big it is, Marty. Remind Pardon everyone me? how big RWJ Barnabas Health is. So we are 35,000 employees strong. 
Um, we have sites um, just about in every spot of the state, um, over 350 different sites uh, where we have people located. Um, so it's, uh, it's quite an opportunity to be of service um, to all of those sites and keeping them um, up to speed as to what they need to take care of patients. So part of our, our biggest change um, was, of course, the environment in our hospitals, um, radical change with the first surge um, as to uh, how our staff interacted with the patients, the loss of families being part of that care. Um, and, and that really turned into what we call um, our employees being heroes. Well, healthcare employees have always been heroes. Um, it just became more evidenced um, during that first surge. The second thing in the surge that was really um, going to change our business um, is the loss of talent. So we typically lose, you know, a percentage of our talent every year, but it was different in 2020. We lost talent who were more experienced and they're not coming back. So we still see that more experienced talent saying, I don't wanna be part of this anymore. And you know what? We haven't fully scoped out exactly what that will mean to us in the future um, because we're losing people now who are 55, 58 years old and are saying, time out, this is not where I want to be. Our average retirement age in our, in our business, particularly for our clinical people is 66 years old. But so Marty, I, Marty I, I want to interrupt you there. Sorry for interrupting, but I'm just very curious. How do you keep up the morale of those people that are still there, the younger, inexperienced people that would have historically been looking for the mentorship from these older physicians? How do you keep up the morale then? There's got to be a fear factor going on big time. Hey, the sky's falling and everybody's retiring. How do you keep the morale up so, on the human resources so, so, side? So the good news is not everyone's retiring. So that's, right. a, good <laughs> that's news. a good thing. Otherwise, um, <laughs> we wouldn't be having this conversation today because I'd be out there on the street corners trying to get people to come and work for us. Um, so that's the good news. It's just that it's doubled from what it normally is. Right. And, and so that doubling becomes concerning when you see it being a consistent pattern. As far as keeping our workforce um, engaged, I will tell you, we have site leadership who truly understand what staff need in order to do why they work in healthcare. And you know what, they really wanna deliver care to people. And so our job as leaders is to make sure you have the personal protective equipment, you have the medications needed, right? You have the staffing to take care of patients. I mean, those things really do count. They're the basics, but the basics really matter when you're in this kind of situation. And that's how we keep staff engaged. One of the things we worry about is sometimes our staff are too engaged. So we did a comprehensive employee survey. We do a comprehensive employee survey every year. We delayed our survey this year, of course, because the timing would have been right during the first surge. So we did it later in the year, um, in October of 2020. What we found out is there's a thing that we call activation. And activation is the energy uh, and the extra effort that staff bring with them. Right? They want to participate. They want to make a difference. And, and we have our staff 
they really want to make a difference. And that's a great thing, except it can burn them out. What do you mean by that, Marty? Well, what I mean by that is you're so, you're so connected to the organization and you're willing to jump in and you're willing to help that we never say to you, you need to take a break. You need to decompress. Yeah. You need to step away from the environment. And we, as leaders, have to make sure that happens. And what we, what we ended up with in 2020 is higher activation. So our staff are more excited about what they do than ever. They want to jump in. And decompression has gone down. Well, Marty, let me, let me ask you this. Marty, one of the one of the challenges we have is we're we're obviously managing time, um, and I want to get another item in here that has to do with what you're talking about, because we're obsessed with leadership development, right? Because we actually had this conversation with Barry Ostrowski, the leader of RWG Environmental Health. Check out our website for that interview. One of the things that Barry and I talked about that you talk to him about all the time is developing future leaders. So people are stepping away, getting older, stepping away, developing people, developing that bench, talent development, et cetera, succession planning. Some people have said, well, I'm going to take a break with that during this difficult time. I know you don't buy that. Uh, we didn't buy that. In fact, um, our succession planning continues. Um, we have a very comprehensive approach to that. Uh, it's extremely important to the future of the organization. We're embarking now in a, in a new project as a result of our last employee survey is we're going to redefine what it is to be a good manager. We have all of these tentacles out there and we have all of these trainings going on. We haven't been crystal clear. What does a good manager look like at RWJBH? And we are refocusing because that is where the rubber hits the road with our staff. And if you give them a good manager, man, they're, they're, they're off and running. And we need to make sure we do that more consistently across our system. Ma I will Marty, tell you, the you, other thing is- do you, Marty, one second, a, one second, look, Marty. Do you our leadership development, Steve, our leadership development, Steve, we have, we have totally recalibrated how we train people, right? Think about this. Things used to be done live. That's gone, <laughs> right? You know that, correct? It's gone. At least look what we're doing. <laughs> so we have done more toolkits, and particularly with the number of people we are working from home now, we had a hundred people working from home prior to the pandemic. We have over two thousand people working from home now. So how do we get those employees trained on how do you work from home? How do you make that break from always feeling that you have to be available and work, right? And leaders, how do you keep relationships from a distance, right? How, and, and we have done toolkit after toolkit to get that information to our leaders so that that continues. Um, Marty Everhart's got a, he always had a tough job heading up HR, but he just, I, Mary, you know, in the new book, where Mary and I are writing, co-authoring on leadership and innovation, in the age of COVID and beyond, we always look for a hook. Mary, what was the line that Marty had that 2020 was, what'd you a say A career again? in a year. <laughs> a career in a year. That's <laughs> going to be the chapter. That's going to be the head of that chapter. Uh, Marty, listen, I want to thank you for joining us on Lessons in Leadership. We look forward to working with you um, on Hope Week. We coach and, and give presentation skills, communication skills, leadership coaching at RWJ Barnabas Health as well. And uh, we look forward to working with you. All the best to you. And the, how many employees again? 
35,000 as of this morning. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Marty, thanks so much. All the best. All right. Thank you, Steve. Mary, thank you very much for all your preparation. Thank you. You got it. We'll be right back. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine. Lessons in Leadership, Steve and Mary. Hey, Mary, real quick, we'll, we'll talk about Marty and uh, Bernie and follow up on what they had to say, but just remind folks who our partners are again and who funds the show. Yeah, definitely. So we've got our promotional partners. We have CIANJ and Commerce Magazine, as well as NJBIA and New Jersey Business Magazine. And I'd love to thank our funders who make this possible, uh, Prager Metis. We have Valley Bank, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, Seton Hall University, the Seton Hall University Bacino Leadership Institute, and the NJ Sharing Network. Uh, thank you to all those great partners. And again, if you're watching us, you can get free information online, get information on Steve's book, uh, Lessons in Leadership, and his other books as well at stand-deliver.com. And lastly, yes, I'm going to plug one more thing. You can follow Steve on Twitter, and that's at Steve Adubato, as well as on Facebook, Steve Adubato, PhD. Okay, yeah. So here's what I do. <clears throat> We've been talking to go back to the Bernie Corrigan conversation at the IBEW, the electrical workers. We've been planning to do a leadership academy there. And again, we're dating ourselves as the 18th of February to be seen later. We've gone back and forth as to whether it's remote or in person. I've been cautious, but we're going to get there in person soon enough. But the reality is there is a fair amount. You heard Marty Everhart say there's a fair amount of training and coaching being done remotely. Can you do it either way, Mary Gamba? I believe you can. We have successfully, now it is a challenge. I'm not saying it's just as easy. I love face-to-face. -face. I miss hugging. I miss shaking hands. I miss all of that. But once you embrace the fact that, yes, the technology is different, but once you embrace whatever virtual platform you want to use, you can still make that eye-to-eye -eye contact with whomever it is that you're coaching. And it is a lot more effective than doing it over the phone. So uh, we try to do that as well with our team. If we have to uh, work with a, a, an employee on something, a team member, if there's something larger we need to address, uh, the Zoom is just a great way to stay connected and engaged and to still have that feedback and coach and mentor. But it is an extra step because I know out of sight, out of mind, and because not going into the office, you're not uh, going to the water cooler and you're not getting up and moving around the office. So you do need to make that extra effort to um, pick up the phone or schedule that Zoom meeting to stay connected with your team. It's not easy. And I gotta tell you something, the difference between just talking to someone on the phone versus a Zoom or a Face, I'm big on FaceTime, you know, it's easy to do. I'm gonna tell you something right now. One of the big issues, and I've been talking to people a lot about this, and go on our website at standdeskdeliver.com to see the writing that Mary and I have done on this. I'm going to tell you something. You want to connect with people remotely? Then stop looking over here. Yep. <laughs> then stop looking over here. And people will say, well, that's where you are on the screen. I'm looking at you. Now, yeah. right now, I'm looking at Mary Gamba. Now, am I looking at you, Mary? Uh, it, it appears to be not. <laughs> Am I looking at Mary? Now, here's the point I'm making. It is totally unnatural to find the camera wherever it is. And sometimes it's there on your device. Sometimes it's there. We happen to have a camera, a Canon that's Scarlett, 
our great camera operator and technician is handling everything. I have to learn, you have to learn to realize that the way you connect with your audience is to look in the camera. I know it's not yep. easy, but yeah, the, or the what's more worth you connect is... that, go ahead, Mary, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say, how many meetings have you been on and the person's down and they're, <laughs> they're cut off? That's horrible or worse, they don't even wanna turn their camera on. And I think that's an important lesson. You and I were recently sharing information as we often do over the weekend and you shared information on a TED talk about the most common mistakes people still make on Zoom. And that was one of them, that people don't turn their camera on, they don't look into the camera and the lighting is awful. If you can't see who it is that you're talking to, why are you bothering talking to them on Zoom? Mary and I in future editions of Lessons in Leadership will continue to talk about the ways to connect with people, communicate more effectively remotely. Yeah, we want to be in the same conference room, the same office, but until that happens, and even when that does, this is not going away. I'm Steve Adubato. That's Mary Gamba. This has been Lessons in Leadership. Thank you so much for watching. For Mary and our entire great team, I'm Steve Adubato. See you next time. This edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, is brought to you by Valley Bank, the Bucino Leadership Institute at Seton Hall University, New Jersey Sharing Network, Prager Metis, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 825, and Seton Hall University, showing the world what great minds can do since 1856. This is Mary Gamba. If you want more leadership tips and tools, log on to stand-deliver.com. That's stand-deliver.com. Promotional support for this edition of Lessons in Leadership with me, Steve Adubato, and my colleague, Mary Gamba, has been provided by NJ.com, NJBIA, and New Jersey Business Magazine, CIANJ, and Commerce Magazine.